You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena here with my big sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. We do a lot of things on Satellite Sisters, but every week we do a recap of Madam Secretary on CBS. And tonight, Julie, we are doing uh, Waiting for Talaju. Is that the blessing? Is that the name of this episode? I think that's what's going on, Leanne. I think that's it. Yes. I think it's... Yes, it's associated with that 12-year-old virgin. Yes. We're going to get to that. All right, we're so happy to have you here. If you're new to Satellite Sisters, you can find out everything you need to know about us at SatelliteSisters.com. We have years and years of podcasts there and at iTunes and at Stitcher. Uh, we've been doing uh, doing a talk show for a long time, but this is our first season recap of Madam Secretary. Someone asked Julie, where could they find season one recap? And there there is no such thing because we just got on this bandwagon in this summer. So we just jumped on with season two, didn't we? That's right. And I think you can too. I mean, don't be shy or don't feel like, oh, because I haven't watched it from the beginning, you can't catch on. You can definitely catch on. And particularly if you listen to our recaps, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's so insightful. <laughs> well, last week, Julie, you hit it out of the park with your knowledge of Russia, which yeah. dovetailed so beautifully with yes. that like World War Three Russia episode. That mm-hmm. was exciting to be a part of, frankly, Julie. You, you really brought it last week. Okay, Leanne. So I, I'm a little less schooled on Nepalese stuff, but okay. I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Okay. That's right. I actually looked some stuff up on Wikipedia, so I'm in pretty good shape for this Okay, Liam. All right. Let's go over the major storylines. That's how we're going to break down this episode. I I identified three major storylines, Julie. Okay. The first one is Bess in the doghouse. So Mm -hmm. Madam Secretary last week, apparently, she just blew it in Russia. Uh, the The Black Widow, the new female leader of Russia, Maria Ostrov, tore her uh, apart during her husband's funeral service, uh, shredding Bess on beh- and the United States. And so now both the president and her arch enemy within the cabinet, I just like to call rat face Craig, they are going to put Bess in her place. And they made it very clear from the onset, Julie, that Bess was just to pretty much stand in the corner and say nothing. Was that your interpretation of, of this storyline? Yes, Leon. Key key dialogue line, Leon, was when Rat uh, when Craig Ratface turned to Madam Secretary and said, "Madam Secretary, you had your turn." And then, so she was definitely in the timeout corner on this episode. Yeah, but you know what? So their whole so this whole storyline was about this suspicious Chinese weather station that was being built in the Arctic. And uh, they were convinced, Ratface Craig and his team were convinced that it was being used as a spy station. And so it was a, a power play really to change the entire U.S. defense strategy based on this one weather station. It seemed like a stretch for me, Julie, that uh, that all of the billions and billions of dollars in our entire strategy would change on this one suspicious station. Uh, Ratface Craig said he thought that the Russians and the Chinese were working together as a relatively cheap way to gather intelligence and that something called the Arctic Commission was conspiring against the United States. And uh, now that it was all Bess's fault that Russia hated us and everyone in Russia hated us. And we looked bad. She had to stand in the corner and rat face. Craig was going to rework the defense budget and focus on technology over diplomacy. 
that have- I, I actually agreed with Ratface uh, Craig on this issue. Oh, you did? Because <laughs> I do believe that Vladimir Putin is trying to take over the Arctic. So, and uh, and the Chinese are not far behind. So, uh, but would so they I work together? Would they? No, they're yeah. arch enemies. And I think that's when I lived in Russia, that was, you know, one of their great fears is that giant Chinese population would come across Russia's southern border and try to occupy land. But they hate the United States in such a way that they, you know, it is possible. It is possible, though not likely, that they would pair up on something. But I think Vladimir Putin wants the Arctic for himself, land. So <laughs> you are. You heard it here first on the Madam Secretary yes, recap. Yes, you did hear it here first, and you should pay attention to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that that storyline plays out, and we'll get to that at the end. Okay. The second major storyline was uh, Nepal needs money. Now, they've had a couple of major earthquakes. Yes. And uh, Bess is trying to move a you know relief bill through Congress, and the key PR uh, boondoggle who showed up to help get Nepal this money is a 12-year-old virgin called uh, the Kumari in, mm-hmm. in, in Nepalese tradition. <laughs> this whole thing. I did yeah, not what? understand <laughs> how she moved from place to place on that red pillow. Like, I, I wasn't – I did not think that the U.S. Congress would be moved – by a 12-year-old virgin. I, I, I didn't believe it, but I knew it had like spiritual connections. I knew that, you know, it's very visual and it's this idea that she's this silent 12-year-old that represents like all that is good and pure in the world. And she's really going to, you know, marshal the forces so the U.S. will give Nepal money. Julie, what did you think of the Kumari? I, I kind of liked her, Leanne. I thought at any moment she was going to break out into some pop song, though, because she, she did look like a little pop star, didn't she? She did. Kind of. She, she did. She looked like Katy Perry did at her wedding. Remember when Katy Perry got married yes. that one time? Yeah. Yes. Exactly, Leanne. <laughs> so... And she just kept showing up in places. Like, there she was at, at the State Department, like, in a big office, sitting on a yeah. big red fluffy pillow, you know. And yeah. How uh, did she get there? Did, did Blake arrange that? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Secretary of State just sort of opened those doors, and there she was, you know, with her handlers. I didn't trust those handlers either. Yeah, and the right, and the money kept being approved and not approved, and it was connected to Ratface Craig and that storyline, and you know, reworking the defense budget and the reprioritization. You know, ultimately, it looks like Nepal is going to get their money because Elizabeth comes up with the great solution. But Julie, I, I did some research on the Kumari. It is a real thing. These these okay. virgins uh, that they that they use in Nepal to represent sort of goodness and purity, and apparently the Kumari rests inside all women. So just remember that there was a whole nother storyline we'll get to where that was kind of an important thing. And, uh, but he, here's what happens. You get these audiences with the Kumar. She's not allowed to speak, but you can mm-hmm. come and petition her. And then she's going to give you these signs based on these signals. Okay. Right. And, right. Uh, according to Wikipedia, many of those who visit her are suffering from blood or menstrual disorders because that's where her special power lies for such illnesses. We we could use some more work in that way, really. <laughs> I'm totally supportive of the Kamari's work in that area. <laughs> okay. 
So, but when I read like her, her actions as these predictions, I thought this is like what Sheila does in a business meeting. Okay. So if the Kumari starts crying or, you know, engaging in loud laughter, that means you've got a serious illness or death. Okay. Okay. She starts weeping or rubbing her eyes. That's imminent death. If she starts trembling, you better beware of imprisonment. If she starts picking at food offerings, which Sheila would totally do, that is going to signal financial losses. And then uh, if she starts clapping her hands, you have a reason to fear the king. Okay. So, yeah, I did some research, Julie. She's a real thing. Uh, And then the Kumaris, they they lose their gig at 12. You know, once they become actual women, Mm -hmm. they lose their gig. And then they go on usually to get married. But it takes a while for them to get married because really – that's hard to live up to. They've been like sequestered for 12 years and never allowed to, their feet to touch the ground. So it must be very, very right. hard. Must make for a long life after that, after you've been carried around. Or it's around. Hard to find a spouse that's going to carry you around on the red pillow, you know? <laughs> right? Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. From their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. 
That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Oh, I know. Okay. And then finally, the, the major storyline that carried throughout and had a lot of implications was once again, oldest daughter, Stevie, oldest daughter of Elizabeth and Henry, Stevie makes bad choices, which is really quite the theme for Stevie over the last season and a half. Poor Stevie. She's representative of an entire generation of, quote, making bad choices. But in this case, uh, she had like a one night stand with her good friend, the president's son, who also happens to be a recovering heroin addict. So that was not a great choice. And then to take photos of yourself while that's happening, not a great choice. Mm -hmm. And then to trust that your heroin addict boyfriend is going to delete the photos, also not a great choice. And then a, a disgruntled Secret Service agent steals the phone and threatens to publish all the photos, sends out, uh, sends out all kinds of emails. So the whole uh, episode was really about containing these photos, the possible PR damage, sort of getting to the bottom of what happened, breaking down Stevie's relationship. You know, the president and his wife got involved and the four parents had a tete-a-tete. What should we do? Should there be a press conference? Should there be this? And really what the consequences were, how it differed for a man, the son of the president in this case, and a daughter, you know, a 20-year-old woman versus a 20-year-old man in this case. And uh, what do you think of this storyline, Jill? Well, first of all, pretty as we have said before, just for the last 15 years on Satellite Sisters, everyone in the world but the Satellite Sisters has nude photographs. Right, Leon? We are the only <laughs> ones true. left. We're the only, I believe, the only five women, or at least four out of the five women who don't have nude photographs. Okay, so that is... I, we've just we've just talked about that. If you're going to take nude photographs, they're going to surface at some point. Uh, so I, I mean that was that was one issue. I was very happy to see that we had yet another Broadway star in this story. Yes, yes Christine yep. Ebersole, yep. Tony Award winner for Grey Gardens, was playing the First Lady, and so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that I you know I thought she might break into song and dance at any point uh, in and in, in when the two families were getting together to trying to work out a solution, but you know but that was a that was a rough scene. They had some uh, the you know the um, the president and his wife and the secretary of state and her husband trying to work it out and uh, you know and they thought the best solution was to make them just pretend like they were young lovers and you know this was a mistake. 
But of course, you know, uh, people were going to think um, think less of Stevie rather than um, the heroin addict, a son of the president, no doubt. So I was I was interested. Henry came to his daughter's defense on several occasions. He was being yes. interviewed on C-SPAN. He got a gotcha question. He rushed to her defense about morality and this and that. And who are you to tell me? Then once again in, at the dinner, he said, you know, he brought up the point. He was the one that said, basically, she will be shamed for her behavior and people will just shrug that, you know, your 20-year-old son has done this and she's going to bear the price, which is true. That's exactly that's exactly what would happen. I was confused, though, with what we were supposed to make of, like, the virgin and this and then that really weird scene in the middle of the show where two more Tony Award winners <laughs> – Daisy, the press secretary, yes. and B.B. Newworth, the chief of staff, tart, start talking about men and how needy they are and how you have to come to their needs and commiserating. And honestly, I did think at any minute they were going to break into a Stephen Schwartz song. Like that was just <laughs> like the dialogue was so tortured. I thought this must just be set up for a fantastic musical number that never happened. But I didn't know I, I didn't know there was talk about feminism and not feminism. And I know it's not feminist and she's a feminist. I didn't think all those messages really came together that strongly there for me in this episode, I have to say. I thought there were a lot of mixed messages. I did not right. understand that Daisy uh, press secretary chief of staff scene at all. No, I and everybody seemed to be trying to delete things from the cloud, which is impossible, <laughs> Leon, as we all know, right? <laughs> yeah. So. And that – Apparently they had stuff or didn't have stuff that they wanted deleted uh, from the, uh, you know, sort of compromising photos or something, something or other. And even Henry and Bess said there was that great line. Thank God there was no Internet the weekend we went to the lake. Right. So, yeah. Woo, woo. See what, again, proves my point. Satellite sisters, last five women in the world. <laughs> With no pictures. But yes, I felt like they could have done a, a better job with that. And I was, I, I'm really confused about Matt and Daisy. What happened to them? I thought they were together. And yeah, I guess not. they broke up. And now yeah. then she was playing dumb with the, the securities, the cyber yeah. security guy. I, I just didn't understand the message that the writers were trying to tell us. Like yeah. either there was going to be, as they call it, slut shaming of the 20 year old daughter. But why is the grown woman pretending she doesn't know how to delete stuff from the cloud? Like I just didn't understand all those messages. And then why would just sing then? Just sing it. It would have been better. <laughs> it would have that would have been so much better as a duet. Oh really. Yes, it would. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. I did like Bess's line though after the torture dinner when she was describing the first lady, Christine Ebersol, as a first class wasp. I thought that yes. was a good line. You don't good. hear a lot of wasp lines on, on TV anymore. And uh, the fact that she just kept pouring the gin and uh, really working their way through dinner. But that was a volatile dinner. So, you know, the, and it was concluded by Stevie confronting the, the secret service agent that stole the phone and kind of asking the, you know, asking him rhetorically, but also to his face, like, didn't you think I was a real person? Didn't you think right. how this was going to affect me? But based on everything that had come before, that, that scene fell a little flat for me. I have to be honest. Well, I just think it would seem improbable that that never would have happened. If, and, and, you know, I mean, everybody would have been lawyered up by then. I mean, so the two of them would never have had their 15 minutes together. Uh, I mean, I understood which, uh, what Stevie was trying to do was, you know, she wanted to humanize him. So just not to think the worst of him. 
and she wanted the Secret Service agent that took advantage of her situation to to realize that she was a real person. Um, I like I like Stevie the best in that scene. Yes, Any scene I've ever seen her in in uh, in Madam Secretary. <laughs> I mean, she had very strong performance. Yes, yeah. she, she did. was good. I mean, Henry's good. It was just that one weird scene with you know Daisy and BB Newmart that I thought really threw the whole thing off in terms of yeah. tone. I just didn't understand yeah. where that was coming from. That was just crazy. I don't think women talk like that in a work situation. Like, oh yeah, we both dated guys at work and that didn't work out. And ha ha, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Is that the dialogue? Ha ha. I think that's it. All right. So, but in the end, Beth has a big win, uh, a big work win. First of all, she kind of she she works those two storylines that Nepal needs money and she's in the doghouse over this you know secret Chinese uh, weather station. She manages. To, you know, in a scene from Dave, do you remember that movie and Kevin Klein's like the fake president and he starts going through the line item budget, you know, Bess is lying in bed and she has like a Dave moment. Oh, the budget. (laughs) Yeah. On page 427. Yeah. Happened to find an extra billion dollars. Yeah. (laughs) So she wants to put the U S wants, you know, they can put their own, uh, weather slash spy station, uh, at the highest peak in Nepal. They can give the Nepalese people rent, which acts as aid for their earthquake relief. And in the meantime, they really show the Russians and the Chinese, we're on to you. We're on to you. And then she has a great scene with Ratface Craig where she answers, you know, the diss from two scenes ago where he refused to have lunch with her and he and she shuts him down and says, oh, we should really catch that lunch. That was a good scene. She had a good yeah. moment there. Yeah, that's uh, that's and and she says to him, never again say, you know, that it was my, you know, you had your turn. So she, yeah, I, I like that, that she, and she leaves triumphantly. Right. Uh, and even the president uh, apologizes that, you know, they, and realizes that he was, you know, pressuring, pressuring her, uh, uh, Elizabeth's family, um, you know, much too much and that it wasn't fair to, you know, to make Stevie go out there and pretend she had a boyfriend and to put her in a bad light. So, and just miraculously, they were able to contain Leon, all those photos, all the photos. Yeah. All containment, the containment, 100% <laughs> containment on that. I don't know how that's possible. It's unbelievable. Uh, all right, couple of a couple of other side things. Let's go with the our binders full of blouses report. I yes. thought Elizabeth had an excellent blouse show. I mean, the blue blouse that she started the show in was mm-hmm. spectacular. That is a good color on Leone. Yes. And that just, it was simple. It was clean. Again, dramatic sleeves. It's just the way they're going to go with her blouses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also in our blinders full binders full of blouses this week, that white turtlenecked blouse, Julie. I Ch- thought that was lovely. Did you enjoy thumbs, that? Thumbs down on that, Liam. Oh, you didn't like it? No, I did not like that. And I was watching the show with my daughter-in-law, Lauren, who was delighted to be watching Madam Secretary. <laughs> Just mainly because apparently she doesn't get to watch much popular TV in her house. <laughs> household they they stick to the intellectual topics oh, that must anyway, be so she was tedious. happy to be relaxing and watching <laughs> madam secretary and i asked her what she thought about blouse no no go on that one yeah. okay it's just yeah, it's just a, just a real throwback to like the 70s and stuff no you can't it just, uh, I, I can't do it, Liam. Can't okay. Go. And how about the black and white blouse in the middle yeah. of the show? No, I like that. That okay. was a little zippy. That All right. Was- and I would like, I think we should keep watch. Henry has quite a collection of hoodies. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Liam. <laughs> so just saying. 
<laughs> a couple of questions. I still do not know who's doing all the dishes in that house. Right. Who's they're making? It. They're yeah. making big breakfasts there, <laughs> and I, I don't know who's cleaning up after after things. Uh, so that's an ongoing issue. And and of course, my favorite line of the whole show is when uh, Bess says to uh, I think she says this to Blake is. It always comes down to who has the longer core when discussing what to do with the Arctic Circle, Leon. Oh, oh, oh. Remember, keep it clean, Julie. Come on, I know. keep I it did. clean. I did. That's a, a verbatim, Leon. I'm doing. And then I, I think a special mention to the luxurious bathrobe covered by the pashmina. I mean that oh. was that was quite a layering. That was yeah. that was epic layering. I thought, like, how cold is it in your house that you? <laughs> Why don't you just turn the heat on in that yeah, yeah. beautiful townhouse in, in, in Georgetown? Yeah. So she had the bathrobe and then like the pashmina. It was, that was, that was pretty good. I thought that was good. Uh, so an excellent episode, you know, a media episode in general moved us forward, took us away from Russia. Best got some power back. Good family dynamics. All in all, some good performances. Looks like next week we go back to Russia. So Julie, yeah. bone up. <laughs> okay. I will. Leave. I know we have a big week, but see, see what you can see what you can learn. Cause it, it looks like it's all about the Ukraine next week. So just do some fact checking this week. Okay. Right? Leah. Okay. I will. Will do. <laughs> All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. Uh, again, SatelliteSisters.com is where you can find more of us. we like to thank everybody uh, for supporting our new book, Satellite Sisters, book called You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. You can find out information about that at Amazon, at bookstores anywhere, or at SatelliteSisters.com. Jill, have a great week. You too, Leanne. See you in Brooklyn. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 